Okay, look, I think we'll kick off. Uh, we're about five minutes in, so we'll definitely start. Look, firstly, I want to say I um, uh, hope everyone had a great Christmas. For those that celebrate Christmas and, and festive season, he's looking forward to – I hope everyone had a great 2023, and he's looking forward to an even more exciting 2024 on the horizon. I think uh, if you're in the blockchain or crypto space, I think uh, 2024 is going to be a very interesting year for us all. Um, and very positive. Let's let's uh, let's hope that that's the case as well. Uh, but look, I'm really excited about this uh, this uh, X spaces we're doing today. Um, it is the first one where we get to talk to projects uh, in the X Talk series. So just to kind of um, get let everyone uh, kind of get familiar about what the X Talk series is. X Talk series really we want to showcase projects doing really positive things within the blockchain and crypto space. We want to. Uh, probably unveil maybe and for the first time some really interesting project, projects that are out there, what they're building, the teams behind them, the vision behind them, um, and even some existing projects that are out there. I think the X-Talk series will cover some existing projects as well, as well that are doing some really interesting things in the space, whether they be DeFi, whether they be NFTs, whether they be digital ID, or much like today, whether they be in the gaming space. And I'm really excited about the three uh, guests that we have in today. Uh, some some quite diverse projects, um, but extremely interesting projects. I've, I've had the pleasure to talk to everyone um, who is on this uh, this X Talk Spaces today, and so I'm really looking forward to sharing uh, for them to share with everyone here what they do, um, what their what their project is, what they're focusing on, um, how interoperability will play a role in that project, so we can all learn a little bit more about what what. Uh, projects are building in the space and how interoperability is going to play an important part in the future of blockchain. So uh, without further ado now, um, I didn't, Lance, if you're there again, please request um, request to come up. I did push accept, but for some reason it didn't come through. So if you do jump back on, Lance, please feel free to request. Um, but look, let's start, let's kick off. So I'd love to hear from from each person here today. I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves, uh, a bit about yourselves, a bit about your history, and also the um, and the project as well, the project that uh, that you're so passionate about. So let's kick off with, with Peter from Yoyotin. Peter, if you could introduce yourself and, and, and your project as well, that'd be brilliant. Absolutely. <clears throat> First off, everybody, it is uh, midnight 07 local time, and I've been working since about 5 a.m., so if I'm a little less than like fully cogent and eloquent, I apologize ahead of time. A um, little bit tired, but hi everybody. Um, <laughs> my project is uh, well. Let's let's start with uh, my history in game design. I created a game called Cyberpunk, the collectible card game, about 20 years ago. And back then, I um, <clears throat> it is the same universe as the Cyberpunk Red uh, project, the video game. Uh, and back then, uh, I was embedding little flakes of chrome into the collectible cards that we were printing, and we were scanning them, creating these randomized patterns, capturing fingerprints of them, trying to uh, <laughs> come up with a unique identifier system. And then we were, you know, pushing consensus between retailers to figure out who owned which card, and uh, carry us forward into modern day. Uh, with, you know, blockchain, NFTs, everything like that rising. Uh, I've dived back into the TCG space with this new project, Xfinitum, that we're creating that is meant to be the world's first true digital 
uh, TCG with independently owned NFTs that connect to physical cards. The physical cards have a thing that I have embedded in them that the human eye can't see that is not electronically interceptible, but that does connect to an NFT and proves on blockchain uh, indisputable ownership of that collectible card. And the game itself is <laughs> really cool. Again, it's something I've been working on since Cyberpunk, so far as the rules is concerned. It's a, a unified card system that actually plays different games with the collectible cards. So those games can be as different as Magic and Pokemon, Monopoly shooters. We have one that plays kind of like chess with collectible cards. Uh, it's a, a really fun, amazing project, and I'm, I'm loving the heck out of working on it. I guess that's the, the quick version. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Peter. And um, we'll definitely get you to dive in a little bit into more of the details there because um, it's a really exciting project um, that you're you're building, you're working on. That that's that been your vision for so long, and um, and it's interesting as we as we dive a little bit deeper as we uh, move into further on into the spaces um, to figure out actually the benefits not only to the project itself but the benefits to really uh, the space in general in terms of what you're bringing. But no, welcome, Peter. Um, huge welcome to you. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, let's jump on to um, to Ben from Hot Knife. Ben, welcome. Uh, we've obviously had talks before in the past as well. I know you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff in the, in the gaming space. So please, yeah, introduce yourself and and uh, and what is Hot Knife Studios all about. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, I hope everybody's had a fantastic Christmas. I know I'm uh, still incredibly full um, and uh, <laughs> slightly jaded is, is from that. Uh, is that alcohol or food they've been full of? Definitely food. Uh, I actually don't drink, <laughs> um, but I've definitely had my uh, my fill of food over the last couple of days. So, yeah, I, I hope everybody's done exactly the same and feels as terrible as I do. <laughs> um but yeah thanks ever so much for inviting me up matthew so uh a little bit about me i i'm uh what we might call a web3 native um i know everybody's familiar with that term um now we're a uh, a fairly multinational uh gaming studio we're, we're fairly early on in our development but we've um we're developing a, a trilogy of realistic medieval games. Now, the thing that we really want to to do with this is focus on the fun and the quality gameplay uh, and the immersivity um, and true player ownership. Now, um, our, our end goal is to create a uh, an open world MMORPG. Uh, it's it's a, a lofty vision. Um, so we're all working incredibly hard towards it. Um, now I've been in, in blockchain for about just over five years now, um, nearly six. Um, and seeing the, the, seeing the space develop as it has, it's actually tremendously exciting, especially in the gaming industry, cause it's also new. Um, so we're, we're extremely excited about what we're building. Um, we have a fantastic mix of both uh, conventional Web2 developers. In fact, I've seen that Mustafa's popped into the space. He's, he's our, our lead developer. He's been working with companies uh, the likes of... Um, 
Just give me two seconds. Ben, um, can you let me know? Yeah, let me know which one um, Mustafa is, and I can invite him up to. What's his handle? Sure. So D Hole Q is Mustafa. Okay. okay. Thanks, mate. Let me let me jump in here. Right. Yep. Got him. Okay, Mustafa. I just I just sent just sent Mustafa an invite. So Mustafa, when you can jump up. And I'd love to hear a bit about yourself and the project as well. But yeah, continue on, Ben, and, and I'm sure Mustafa will join us. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, M- Mustafa has worked with with game studios like Crytek in the past, developing um, Crisis, the the remastered versions and things like that. So we we've got fantastic developers um, working for us, and and we've got some phenomenal contacts from his time in the industry. Um, so, yeah, the, the first game that we're working on at the moment is a game called Bastion, which is arena an arena-style PvP and PvE fighting game. Um, so we're, uh, we're pretty excited about that um, and getting the, the playable demo out to, to all you guys um, and everybody in between. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of our, our project and our team in, the, uh, in a nutshell. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ben. I've, uh, I've sent Mustafa a couple of requests, requests. So when you can, Mustafa, please jump on up and I'm more than happy to give you some time as well just to introduce yourself. But as we're waiting for Mustafa and um, and let's hope Peter doesn't fall asleep between now and, and next time, we appreciate the, the, the time zone difference, <laughs> Peter. So thank you very much. Um, our third guest as well um, is John from, from Digger Labs. Now, John, obviously you've familiar with uh, with our spaces before but please you know for those of uh for the people that don't know yourself your journey and also Diga labs please um yeah please fill us in and fill everyone in on, on who you are and what you what you guys are doing yeah thanks so much Matthew. good morning guys uh just uh wake up you know uh the the, the last night was uh, a little crazy uh, some dude uh made a, a live stream on his youtube channel and our token is pumped like a t- three x's and <laughs> I, I i really fully energetic you know this i love this space i love this web web three uh market and uh, i'm john i'm ceo of digalabs and uh we are building uh three different projects almost three years and one of them is digart which is uh gaming infrastructure and one of them is Elderun, is a gaming studio. And uh, on the Digard side, uh, we are uh, developing a gaming infrastructure. Like uh, there will be uh, SDK and BDK support for Web3 games. And, uh, you know, there will be game market like Steam. And we have decentralized app and called Digard IO. And on this uh, decentralized app, uh, we are developing a launchpad, a token launchpad, NFT launchpads, uh, NFT shop, uh, NFT and token staking, NFT upgrade system. And uh, we have also a game game profile uh, for Web3, Web3 users. And uh, they can uh, claim their rewards and they can check their history. Also, uh, we are working on a uh, uh, under Digard, we are working on a project called Digarcade, uh, which is a Web3 arcade game. 
studio and we are also uh, uh, universe, uh, working on Universal Gaming ID to uh, connect all the gamers on the Web3. And uh, for the Eldoran side, we are developing four different games. Uh, one of them is World of Edinias, which is an idle game and uh, available on PC and mobile. Currently it's on uh, beta, open beta. And uh, in the upcoming weeks, we will release our uh, Heroes of Eldoran, uh, which is browser-based card game playable on uh, PC and mobile browsers. And uh, after that, at the end of the uh, 2024 January, we will release our uh, mobile week, which is a League of Legends Dota-like game uh, available on PC and mobile. And uh, also we are working on a game called Eldoran Journey. And uh, it's also a browser game. And, uh, but it's more like a staking game text-based story and uh actually while we are developing uh, four different game uh all the assets that we are uh, using on these games are interoperable for each other and with the support of layer 1x uh, uh we will reach different chains and so we will be interoperable square i i can say and uh, while we are developing these games we focus different audience type and for example uh for the idle game, World of Elimnias, we focused uh, the guys, uh, the people, uh, which is gamer also uh, has a full-time job and they can enjoy and play. Uh, they can earn while playing uh, during their day jobs while they're traveling. And and in addition to this, Eldarash, uh, which is MOBA, is fully uh, gamer-focused game. And Heroes of Eldarun is... Uh, while you're playing Heroes of Eldoran, you don't need to have uh, some uh, specific gaming skills, and it uh, focuses luck and some basic skills about gaming. And uh, for the Eldoran journey, you don't need to know anything about gaming, and uh, you just uh, read the story and stake your NFTs and tokens, earn some new assets. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much, Matthew, and uh, I'm glad to be here. And yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, John. I should maybe the easier question is what are you guys not working on <laughs> in the gaming space? Um, you guys are doing so much. It's uh, it's really impressive and, and great to hear that the um, the token is pumping as well. Let's uh, let's let's call that the the trickle before the flood of 2024. So yeah, great to hear. Um, so thank you, everybody. Thanks, all, all, all three of you, for introducing yourselves and your project. Um, let's dive a little bit deeper into, into these projects and what you guys are doing. Maybe, Peter, if we can start with you. I, and we've had a, a few conversations in the past, and I know this is, this is more than a project. This is a passion to you because, as you said, you'd, you'd started some quite some years ago, right? And, yeah. and there's so many different elements. I, I, loved, I love the fact there's, there's so much thought that has, been, that has gone in to what you're doing from so many different angles. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more if you can and whatever detail you can share, obviously some of it you wanna, you wanna kind of keep um, you know, uh, behind closed doors for now, but I'd love to hear a bit about that. And also, you know, what, are, what, what is the problem that you think the project is trying to solve? And for those people that, that are not quite fully deep into the gaming space, TCG, when Peter mentioned is, and just tell me if I'm wrong here, Peter, but it means trading card games, is that correct? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, give us give us a little bit more. Give us what you can give us in terms of what you're doing because I think it's such an exciting thing. You will absolutely. We actually have a press release going out uh, in like a week or so that's going to announce that the entire Valiant Comics universe is part of our game. So we've got some really cool stuff that's coming out. So I'll, I'll, I, there's a lot more that I can talk about that I wasn't able to talk about a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, starting you know digging down into the 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 problem that we're solving because that's really been the heartbeat of it um when i was a little kid i i bought magic cards in 1993 like when alpha cards were up on the the shelf and um for some of you you'll be like oh yeah of course magic the gathering right but for some of you who don't know what that is it, it's started the entire industry of collectible card games and uh you know the the most valuable cards amongst them are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars from that era in 1993 and 1994. And in early 1995, as a kid, my collection was stolen. And uh, I have a couple of those cards left, but the bulk of them are are gone. And ever since then, that was a really you know, horrible experience. It was this passion, this love, this thing that just it, it lit my brain on fire and I had so much fun with it. And so that was part of why uh, with Cyberpunk, you know, I started to dig in and try to solve that problem of like, how do I make a card unstealable and the answer is you can't make a card unstealable but you can make a card authenticatable as stolen and you can set certain limiters around it so that it is a broken asset if it gets stolen and so so what what we sat down to develop here solves that problem that that is that is the heartbeat is is making it so that a bullied kid who loses their cards can have their cards replaced so that those cards get stolen. And that's the physical side, but we're also approaching this as a digital project because decentralized ownership, Web3, being able to dive into that space and have an economy behind it also creates the ability for the players to have a shepherded secondary market. And that's a huge, huge problem. You look at like Pokemon and Magic and the current games that are out there with the physical TCG space, and they're so desperate to get their teeth into the secondary market because they have no access to those players. $375 billion in movement in the secondary market last year for TCGs and the front market, the front list market did like 6 billion. That's, that's the gap, the disparity, right? And they're, they're so desperate that they, they, I know, right? It is. It's wow. It's a huge, huge disparity, and and they're so desperate to 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 get at that. That's why you have the you know the reddits about how Hasbro is destroying Magic and uh, with all of the just monster like release after release after release after release. And so part of the realization that I have was that the two problems that these industries have can actually solve each other. Inside of Web three, we have games that are finally starting to address the fact that they need to be fun first, which is amazing. But, you know, the first generation of Web3 games, they weren't that fun to play. I tried a lot of them, and I wanted them to be so desperately, but they weren't. And at the same time, with the physical games, you're trying to get access to that secondary market, that player base. Well, if you can create an economy where the secondary market is controlled with these NFTs that are moving back and forth, which allow for proof of the physical card, you know, the, the flagging as stolen, flagging as lost, generational upgrading, while still keeping them legal in the game, there's always going to be an audience for the front list. And you're going to be supporting a community that really wants to thrive and grow itself that has something that crosses between the spaces and, and creates a combined reality. And that's, that's 
where I dig in. That's where I get really fascinated. That idea that like I sit down on my phone and I'm just going to play a quick game, but I could take the cards out of the phone, have the exact same set, go over to my friend's house and play the same game. That to me is just, I don't know. I geek out about it. It's, it's too <laughs> exciting. Right? That is, that is extra. I mean, you know what I love about that is um, it's from a personal you know, it's it's from a personal situation that you had uh, from from a young age, and and you thought, well, you know, I want to solve this problem. And and I love what you said about you know the the theft of the card. Really, the it what they what they can't steal is the, the authenticated ownership of that card. Is it sounds what sounds like what you guys are developing, and and then the trans exactly. the transferability uh, going from as you say from your house to your friend's house. Um, and look, the passion shows through, and what, and what you're what you're talking about as well. And and look, I, um, obviously, the, we there's only certain things that we can share about what you guys are doing so far. But I know the way you're addressing the the authentication, the the, the verification of this is extremely unique, and um, and has the potential to really. Uh, assist not only your project but so many different projects within uh, the gaming space and the NFT space. Well, it would. Be, I mean, I've had thirty years to work on solving the problem, and it would be a kind of useless solution if I did it for myself, <laughs> right? So, yeah. it's it's got to be for everybody. No, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Peter. Um, and I think we've got Mustafa up now as well. So, look, Mustafa, and what, what I've loved about um, the conversations we've had with Hot Knife is they are such a, you know, a well-balanced team. We've got, I know, Ben, we spoke before, Mark, um, Tiwa as well, and you guys are spread across across the globe. And now, Mustafa, um, it's great to kind of have you on. And um, maybe just wonder if you want to maybe introduce yourself as well, because I know you've got a rich history in, in gaming and uh, maybe you know a bit about yourself and bit, what made you kind of transition into maybe thinking about web three as well from such a rich web two gaming history welcome hey uh thank you for the invitation um i hope everybody can uh, hear me uh yeah, sorry perfect. i'm a little bit i'm a little bit sick uh, over the holidays uh, it was a little bit hard <laughs> with family um, but yeah, uh, back to me. Um, my name is Mustafa. I'm a um, game developer with uh, over 10 years of experience and different uh, projects. I mean, um, Ben told you that I work for Crytek. So maybe uh, some of you know the Crisis games. Um, I was involved in the remastered of them. Then uh, one of the biggest projects where I worked was... Um, the exclusive game from Crytek uh, named um, Rise Son of Ram. It comes with the first Xbox One uh, as an exclusive title. And um, yeah, there was many, many other little projects and bigger projects, different uh, projects in that I was involved. And over the years, um, I had the idea of my own game. Uh, I start with it with the planning of the, this own game. I mean, it was around seven, eight years ago. And um, I tried it, uh, I think four years ago, I tried over Kickstarter. But uh, the big point, and this was that you can, uh, that this is, it is a play to earn game. 
and um, Kickstarter don't allow uh, games like this. So with microtransactions or crypto-based um, things. So uh, I, I found fast another option, and this was that I uh, meet Ben uh, in twenty end end of twenty twenty, and then we start Hot Knife Studios, and yeah, um, so try or not not try it. So we built up over the years uh, organic space, organic community, where we represent. Uh, what we want to build, our vision, our dream. So it is not uh, like a button smashing game or a luck game. So this was very important for me that we don't offer a game where you only play uh, a game uh, based on luck. I mean, when you want to make fast money and with luck, then go to the casino and not don't play a play to earn game. Um, for us, it is important that your skills are very, very uh, um, on the foreground um, because with your skills, you can prove uh, that you, you you are better in this game as another uh, player. So everything what we create, every game and uh, everything inside is everything um, skill-based. So... Uh, it is not nothing with luck or nothing with uh, it can happen, it cannot happen. When you have the right skills, you will definitely win. And yeah, um, to our games, it is it is very easy to say. I mean, we have, firstly, I play, we, we, we uh, plan a big game, but um, I don't know how many are um, inside this uh, gaming scene and know how much triple uh, A game uh, uh, open world triple A game cost I mean th there's nothing under 20 million dollars and 20 million is a very very uh, low budget for a triple A game so we split this because we know 20 million to grow, earn 20 million it will be very very hard so first of all we must prove that we have skills for this so we split this game in three parts with Bastion uh, and then King of the Tables and then the main game. The main game will include uh, the first two games and um, yeah, with the first game you will see uh, how the graphic will look. I mean, everybody told you hey, we built on Unreal Engine 5, we built on Unreal Engine 5. I mean, we built on Unreal Engine 5 too, but uh, we built really on Unreal Engine 5. I mean, we don't also outsource this or give this to another company and say, hey, here your money, build us a game. No, everything is created by us, to time by me. So I sit here with my equipment every day, create new stuff, new new content, and hopefully we will come forward. And next off, uh, we will present you all a demo, a demo game where you can, everybody can download it on our website and play this and see uh, our vision and the technical side of this, what we want to build. Um, we have uh, solutions for many, many problems. I mean, most the biggest question is every time, hey, when you create a triple A game, how can everybody play this game uh, without having a high-end PC? Uh, we have solutions for this too. Um, 
I mean, we are in contact with a German company, gaming company. Um, they built the first game, but it's completely playable uh, over cloud gaming. The speeds you can, this triple A game, uh, play in 4K on every display. So you only need a display and a controller. Uh, they show, they prove that you can stream this game on your tablet, so on your phone. So you don't need the best devices. What you need is only a uh, strong uh, internet connection. So we talk about minimum 25,000 Mbps. Uh, but uh, I think in this time, in 2023 or 2024, this is nothing what nobody, I mean, in the, in the uh, poorest countries over the world, you have this internet connection. So we will offer this game for everybody, not only for the richest guys <laughs> who have the high-end PC with what yeah, costs wow. three, three or four thousand dollars. Everybody can play it over cloud gaming. So we will build our. Um, firstly, we will rent server farms, but the future plan is that we build our own server farms, where the game is, uh, the games are uh, every time uh, play. Uh, so it it works on the servers, and you stream it directly from the server on the highest quality, and everything uh, looks on your internet quality. Um, Yes, this is one of our biggest points or biggest plus points, I would say. But the other thing is the experience. Um, how I said at the beginning, we don't outsource this project. We don't say, hey, give us your money and we will spend this money on an uh, Indian company or something like this. Uh, not that, that, they, I, that, that, uh, that I say that the quality is bad or something like this. No, it can be good. But the vision is not the same. I mean, when you... Uh, have a dream when you when you when you when you have a vision, then you don't start to find a person who writes your book. I mean, you start to write your own book, and then you can let it correct. And this is the same way. What we where we go, we we, we start to develop this game. Uh, was was I mean, I'm I'm a story writer and game developer, so we will start with this what we have, and definitely come with more experience over the time and uh, bring all this together. Um, I mean, those are the biggest, the biggest uh, problems in game development are the bug fixes. The bug fixes cost many, many times. Um, so, so this is why we start with the demo and then with Bastion, then King of the Tables, and then the main game. So we have a, a strong base and builds us up. And for us, it is important that we have developer in the future. So we will, uh, we, we hire developer and that we have developer who works all the time with us so they can grow up with us. And yeah, I think this is, this is the main thing. Yeah, yeah, that is, you guys are wow. I mean, you, you <clears throat> obviously you've got a, a great history in, in, in gaming and, and even just that aspect that you were saying before of being able to play it on any device. Now, you said a device and a controller. So do I have my controller with me? Let's say I want to play this game on, on a mobile device. What, what's the setup there? Do I need the controller with the mobile device and streaming it onto the... How does that work? Um, so, Sorry, I hope I understand you correctly. So you mean how you can 
or you have a controller or uh, with yeah, device. When you were, yeah, you were saying, yeah, yeah. How does you were saying that you could play it on any device and 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 yes. do you have a controller as well with yeah, yeah. with the so device? With yeah, with, with, with controller, I mean, uh, a controlling uh, setup. Like, okay, you have the option to use the mobile uh, controller function. I mean, I'm sure you play the mobile game. You will have this option. But another option is, I mean, did you ever connect your PlayStation controller with your, with your tablet over Bluetooth? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, this, this is another option. So you will have different different options to connect any device on your uh, phone on your tablet or anything else um i mean um you know ps uh what was the name i mean it's it's a long time that i have playstation i mean i think two years now but before i sell my playstation i i use this function that i stream from everywhere my playstation on my phone And when I connect my controller to my phone, I can play it directly. PlayStation, not not no PlayStation Connect or something like this. And this is the same base. I mean, it is nothing what is new, but this is it is a tech, technique. But uh, grow up over the time and come to a perf perfection. So um, for us, it is very very important that we really uh, give the people the option. Uh, without spending many money to have fun with our games. And Hoban said too, fun is a very, very important thing. So um, we don't want a game where you think, oh, I have no money, I can't play this. Or I must spend money to play this. You can play this game free. I mean, you can play it. And the other the options, the crypto side option, this is, this is only an option. You can involve this in your game or not. It is your choice. So for us, it is really important that the Web3 gamers connect with the Web2 uh, gamers and that um, the Web3 gamers are not addicted to make money, make money, make money, to have more fun with the game. And the money yeah. thing is on the side. And this is a very big point. What is the problem with the most games to time? They are concentrated to make the most profit of the games, to make the most, um, uh, yeah, to, to give the gamers a task, what they do every day, only to be online. We want games where you are, um, where you're happy to play this, where you think, oh, I can, I can shut off the world, the real world, And dive into this world, and uh, in my uh, I am in my own game. Look at the games what makes really fun, where you want to go every time, like Zelda, like um, some of Assassin's Creed. I will not say every Assassin's Creed. No, uh, no, yeah, but I, I agree with you. I, I, I yeah. think, and I think it's it's very much this similar point that Peter brought up about um, mm. making games that are enjoyable, that are that are, that are enjoyable to play. Um, and I and I yes. think you know going to you, John from Diga. I mean, I, I think you know we've spoken about this before, and and you guys agree is that building games that are that are enjoyable to play. And maybe if you you want to speak about that a little bit, what's your thoughts on 
on on maybe the problems you guys are solving, but also around games that are enjoyable to play, um, rather than just focused on play to earn all the time. Ah, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Matthew, and uh, that 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 was a, a really cool answer, and uh, thank thank you for the explanation, all the details, and uh, you know, Tulku, uh, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, on the digger side, uh, digger up side, we are working uh, different aspects of Web3, and uh, we f- firstly, and we would like to uh, make much easier to uh, tra- transaction uh, from Web2 to Web3, both players and gamers. And uh, for games, and uh, we, we created uh, a one-line uh, code technology and uh, if you have a uh, web 2 game you can uh, jump to web 3 with this one line code and uh, so you're on the blockchain but not for the on chain it's uh, like uh, h- hyper I can say and uh, on the other hand uh, for the fun side uh, I'm a gamer uh, my whole team uh, our whole team is a is gamers and we we love games and we are playing games together and uh, we <clears throat> we would like to test and provide more fun focused games to uh, our community and by doing this uh, we are focusing uh, for different uh, game type and uh, we would like to uh, utilize all different game mo- game modes and games to uh, become fun. And uh, our most, uh, you know, uh, pain point, uh, the, uh, the pain point that we solve is probably interoperability on Web3 and mm. uh, with our games. And Let's, uh, let's get into a little aspect. bit about that then. Yeah, well, how are you guys using interoperability and, and what role will it play in, in, in with Digger Labs? Yeah. And uh, in here, th- there are two types of interoperability. And one, one part is uh, interoperability between games. So I have an NFT and, and a token. And I can use this uh, NFT and my tokens in four different games. And uh, this will increase the scarcity of the token and uh, NFTs. And... And we will have a chance to reach different type of players and we will have a chance to reach a more stable game economy. Uh, And the other part of the interoperability, we are a multi-chain project. We we have been on Avalanche, we have been on Polygon, we have been on uh, Ethereum and we made NFT sales uh, over there. And... Uh, our goal is always to be a multi-chain project. We are currently on BNB chain, but with the uh, features and revolutionary features of Layer 1X, and we don't need to try to reach other chains. And uh, we will fully become an uh, interoperable project. And on the NFT side, with usable on different games, and uh, chain side, we will have a chance to reach all the EVM and non-EVM platforms, networks, and players uh, with the support of uh, Layer 1X. And I can say 
interoperability is the biggest uh, problem that we are solving. And uh, one part of uh, developed by us, one part of the interoperability is powered by Layer 1X. That's great, John. No, no, I appreciate that. So interesting. So talking about the ability now to span across multiple chains and not be restricted to one. Um, Peter, in terms of interoperability, how how will that play a role in, in what you're doing, you and your team are doing? And um, how does it, I suppose, how do people benefit from interoperability integrated into into your project? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. for, for, for the stage that we're at, this is actually one of the things that I can talk about the least, but there's a little bit that I can go into. Um, we are a, a narrative species, humans are. We tell stories to each other. That's how we interact, how we share, how we learn, and it's how we have fun, right? And so a big part of game design, and I know this seems like a weird place to start, but this actually does head towards interoperability. Um, <laughs> a big part of game design is making sure that you have fun. And so to me, as a designer, a lot of that comes into the story, into the narrative. And so the team that, that I have has been working really hard to make sure that the narrative structures of these cards can actually be... <sighs> story-driven when it comes to upgrading the cards. And as we move deeper and deeper into story-driven content and allowing the players to be able to craft that instead of just us as the publisher saying, well, this is this character's story and how it happens, uh, <clears throat> we are teaching our player base over the next numerous years how to design cards with the eventual goal of allowing them to create player-driven expansions, which then moves into utilizing the universal card system because it can play cards not just from our game, but from other games to have a almost Unity or Steam-like engine. And at that point, if we have an, uh, sorry, not Steam, Unity or Unreal, it is after midnight, I'm playing that card. <laughs> um, and once that engine is up, we've, we've got the base, we've got the logic. It's just going to take time to teach people how to use it, you know, and how to take those stories and, and shape them into things. But at that point, if you're stuck to one chain, you're, you're dead in the water. You're not really giving a gift to the community. You're not giving the player base across Web3 something where they can take these gaming assets and say, well, I want to go make my game over here. I want to go make my game over here. And it's it's doubly important because generation one of blockchain games right it was about which chain you were on because they had the players but more and more we're all figuring out we make great stories we make great games we'll find the players so let's go for the strongest chain let's go for the strongest deployment and let's try to get out to as many player bases as we can because we just want people to have fun and i think that end game on interoperability is really kind of a laser focus for us but not in the now or next plan, it is in the later plan as to how mm. we progress through our generational growth. Very interesting. Yeah, it's almost like saying, I, I, I've written a book and now I'm only going to put it in this library. Well, why limit yourself to that one? Why don't have it in every library so everyone can enjoy it? Um, exactly. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some common ground between yourself and Mustafa. Mustafa being, um, yeah, you know, very much about the story as well. I think, Mustafa, you said that was your your strength as well—the story, the narrative, the uh, the environment there. Um, what about you guys? How do, how does and, and being or Mustafa, how does interoperability or how can interoper 
interoperability pl play an important role in what you guys are doing? Um, yeah, I think uh, I can probably cover that one for you, Matthew. Um, I think just to, to touch on what Peter was saying, actually, with with the two um, like distinct things that you use or distinct assets that you might use in a game, it, you've got primarily NFTs and and the token, right? So if you can if you can have true interoperability. You just got to think about the world that that opens up in in Web three, and I think that's one of the the strongest things that we have, like the strongest assets that we have in Web three in terms of gaming. You 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 kind of break down those siloed walls um, because, as Peter was saying, you've you've traditionally had all of these uh, these small networks that are that. Are like the you know the secret gardens uh, of Web three, so if we can break those down using interoperability, the, the whole world opens up to you. So if you can transfer your NFTs between one game on one chain and one game on another chain, you instantly you instantly increase your your player base and your interest base by an enormous margin. Um, and I think to you know to go to what you guys are doing at Layer One X. It, that that's where it needs to be to truly make gaming or Web3 gaming uh, a, a global powerhouse. Um, and I think that's how we, we kind of truly harness like the, the disruptive power of Web3 in gaming is if you can break down all those walls. I t yeah, 100%. And it's really interesting. I mean, it's been quite a journey for me as well, um, just talking to so many projects within the gaming space and, and and some of these common themes that come out and Ben, you mentioned them and i think a couple have been mentioned on the spaces is one is uh, building games that people enjoy playing but also giving access uh to that game to as many people as possible and that with the true interoperability i think that one of the unique things about the technology that lionx has is that even verification cross-chain where you may have an nft um, that you want uh, to allow into your game. So that NFT might be on, say, Finance Smart Chain, you might be on Polygon or Layer 1X. Um, and even just you can verify cross-chain the ownership of the NFT and then through that verification, then you don't even need to move the NFT cross-chain to enter the game with it. It can just be verified cross-chain and then, okay, yes, you have access to that particular, whatever that is, weapon, tool, whatever that is within the game. So there's so many different things that can be done, but I think the overarching theme here is... Um, Gone are the days where you have to stick to one chain and pick one chain and be limited to to the users on that chain. And it probably comes back to some of the, the challenges that are facing gaming projects when choosing a chain. Is, is it, I mean, and, and you guys know this the best, when you're choosing a chain, are you do you find yourself in a position where you either have to choose cheap and fast or you've got to choose users and capital? So we're either talking Ethereum or we're talking somewhere else. I mean, what are some of the challenges, and, and, and this is an open floor for this this question, what are some of the challenges being faced by gaming developers um, that want to integrate blockchain, that want to work in, in Web3 Web uh, currently by when, you, when you're choosing a chain? Yeah, I mean, the... the there's an, a multitude of issues, really, that you, you have to, kind of, from my perspective anyway, that you have to kind of weigh up 
it, and it is literally a balancing act because uh, on one hand you've got the kind of scalability you know high volume of tps that all real-time gaming is going to need you, you you know you need that throughput um and some you know th- there are blockchains that have that but maybe then they don't have the the kind of community and ecosystem that you want you know you need engagement for a game and you need lots of engagement from from the crowd from the players from the people but if if they've got a tiny community they don't have the kind of engagement with their blockchain they don't have either the capital or the outreach or the business development then you might have the technology there but no one's going to play your game because no one knows about it and so you, you're kind of sat you're sat in that middle ground where you've got one thing that you want but not the other so there's always this interplay between what what chain to choose and do they have the right equipment to kind of service your your platform to service your game and really get you out there but also provide you and your gamers with the technology that you need for that game to do really really well um and i think that's the main thing and then um another thing is security i mean that's an enormous issue with um with blockchain as as you'll know matthew and everybody else here will know um you know so if you're if you don't have this true operability interoperability you have these instant uh, kind of security issues from from being cross chain or trying to be cross chain not to mention the technological difficulties um with security of, of bridges and things like that where you don't want to have to be transferring assets or transferring currency um because of the security issues or, or potential security issues from fraud on the bridges um so this the, from from my perspective especially games who want to really kind of stretch out um and be seen and used you've got a multitude of issues that you always have to be thinking about Yeah. I, oh, I sorry. I was agree more. To, yeah. Please, Peter. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the security thing is a huge one, right? That is, that was one of our first things that we looked at, but I, I've actually had a different set of issues. So I'll, I'll have fun with that. Um, I'm a weird duck. I'm an oddball. I know that I, I write novels. I make games. I, I have fun for a living. Um, so, so when I'm in the room and I'm talking to different chains, the question that I actually ask people, which <laughs> you went through this what's your favorite movie i want to know if i can geek out with somebody if i can geek out with somebody then i'm going to find a solution to the problems that we're going to have and so for me um the relationships are actually the most important thing and this is a space where some people are really amazing about relationships and some people just want to move on to the next big win it's a very young industry right and so so finding those people who are into finding the other people they can geek out with uh, that, that's where, that's where you find the, the, the solutions to problems. So that's been my big thing is, is trying to figure out and weed out who like the good actors and the really awesome people are and saying, okay, that's a partnership I want. That's a, that's a friend I want to make. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I mean, it's, there's so many different things when you're, when you're starting up um, in any business, of course, but you know, with Web3 Gaming, if you're in Web three, if a blockchain, there's so many different things that you that 
that require your focus, right? When you're an, analyzing change, when you're analyzing security, you're, you're, you're looking at relationships. And that's probably just a handful of things that really are, that are on the list of focuses and to-dos and, 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 and all these things that you have to really kind of uh, start to get underway when, when you're developing a game. So it's, um, it really is. A, and, I, and I only say that because, um, you know, Layer 1X, you know, coming from a, from a, from a startup itself, um, I just want everyone to listen, listening to understand that we're, we're only covering, you know, a few different aspects of the challenges of developing games and, and, and building things here, but there's so many different things to focus on. So I think, you know, relationships are important because you want to be able to work through issues and, and there's, you know, nothing, no journey is perfect. And I think, you know, all of us that have been in the startup space that it's never a straight line. <laughs> um but what helps is relationships that you build along the way that can help, you know, where you can work through those issues, where you can find common ground, where you can have win-wins and, and, and you're on the same page. I think you, you raise a really good point there, Peter, in, in, in talking about that. Um, do any, do any of you, and a question once again for all, for all three projects, do any of you have any, um, any interesting or exciting upcoming partnerships or, or recent integrations um, that you, you want to talk about or, you know, let the let the audience know of. Uh, I can go uh, with that. Uh, we are planning to uh, launch our NFTs on Avalanche uh, before our uh, Layer One X integration, and uh, also we are working another uh, important milestone, and uh, we will check it. It. If it's possible, uh, we will announce it today, and uh, this will also uh, a perfect chain and per uh, which has a perfect community, and uh, so we have probably two two big news and about partnership, uh, not not partnership, but a chain, uh, you know, integrating new chains. But uh, like once the layer one X uh, is live, we don't need to do something like this, you know. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Once we once we move to layer one X and with all, all our assets, so we are ready to go and uh, yeah, for new audience. That's that's a really good point, and and this the great thing I I mean for me personally about layer one X is that we we're not here to compete, we're here to unite. So when when we know when we hear about you know chains doing you know offering great things and projects doing really good things. Whether they're on a and on our chain or not, I think it's really important for people to understand what's happening in the space, um, and also the ability for us if we recognise something going on in a chain, or or if there is a there's a really great project there that 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 requires more users connected to it. Then and we and if we're not connected to that chain, then it gives us an opportunity to connect that to that chain to to give more access to that particular project to more users and capital and give and give users access to that project whether they're on that chain or not. So. Um, Anyone else um, got any, any any interesting partnerships or integrations that they'd like or exciting upcoming partnerships or existing partnerships, current partnerships or integrations that you'd like to share? I'll jump in on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, well, as I mentioned before, uh, our, our press release is going out sometime in the first week of January. Um, we we have the Valiant Comics universe, which is the third largest interconnected superhero universe after uh, after Marvel and DC, 
Um, a lot of how we've a lot of how we've been building has been based around weaving really cool stories together and uh, working with existing studios and IPs as well as developing our own. So right now we are in talks with Warner, Universal, Paramount, and Disney. And I can't let you know which projects we're going for, but there's going to be a really, really cool shared world. We're calling it the Omniverse. It's the multiverse of multiverses. And all of these different movies and comics and various things that we're weaving together have a, a shared singular storyline. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where we're headed. And it's a lot of fun. Wow. That sounds, that sounds extremely exciting. An Omniverse with some of those names you've just mentioned. That's, that's fantastic, Peter. That's, that's really great. Um, so yeah, that's something exciting, really exciting for everyone to get, uh, to, to get excited about in terms of that partnership or those partnerships that you mentioned. Um, well done. Well done. And in terms of, I might just, um, just throw up another question here and I'm conscious of people's time and I'm conscious of, of Peter, your time zone as well. So maybe just a few more questions, if that's okay from, if we can, um, do a few more. Um, what are your, so, how do you let me ask you this then what are your thoughts on the current state of web3 gaming and where do you see it heading in the next few years i mean where are we at now in terms of web3 gaming and what will be different about the next few years as, as we kind of progress as web3 gaming progresses that's a that's a, a question for anybody whoever wants to take that one up Yeah, we, uh, currently we are still in early stage, and I, I believe that. And uh, you know, uh, that, that there are solutions and there are projects uh, focuses to move uh, Web two gamers into Web three, and uh, most of the Web two players uh, thought Web three is still a scam. And once the big names like Epic Games and, uh, you know, Steam uh, jump to the game and the things will start to change. The real bull run for Web3 games <clears throat> will start at, 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 the, at that moment. And But b b before that, uh, like small projects uh, like us, and uh, we'll try to uh, move, you know, uh, small other uh, game development studio and uh, their community into Web3. So we will we need to try uh, to uh, move these communities into Web3 because uh, we need to show to our big brothers and that there is, here is a huge opportunity and there are uh, good gamers. And uh, once all the uh, web current Web3, Web3 projects have a chance to share the, show this to uh, the big names and to our big brothers and uh, probably it will happen in two or three years or in the uh, upcoming bull run. And, you know, uh, in uh, with <clears throat> first uh, last bull run, uh, you know, uh, even Facebook changed uh, its name. And uh, <laughs> it's it's you know it's 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 a really huge hype. And uh, once we uh, enter a new bull run, uh, maybe uh, Steam will change uh, its name to you know Meta Steam. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe Meta would have been 
plowing, better plowing all those billions uh, uh, rather than into their metaverse, maybe into your omniverse, Peter. Um, they, yeah. Maybe they would have been, <laughs> maybe they would have been better doing that. <laughs> um, but I'm really, actually, you bring up a good point. Maybe I might just uh, edit the question a little bit. So what is, what's going to, to bridge that gap but, but for Web 2, adoption of Web 3? What, what really, uh, practically speaking, what is it going to take? And I'm interested to hear your your guys' thoughts, whether it's yourself, Ben, Mustafa, or Peter. What is what is going to bridge that gap? What's going to bring the users? Yeah. Um, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you go, Peter. Um, yeah, sorry. I was just going to um, quickly say, I think there's two things to that. Um one which kind of feeds into uh, the previous speaker's uh, point of proving that there can be competitive games come out of the Web3 space that are uh, universally acceptable. Because I think what we've seen so far is that because it's such a new industry, and this always happens in new, new technologies, new industries, is there's this flurry of um, <clears throat> very quick to the mark offerings that um, are, you know subpar. So now we're starting to see some kind of traction and some real interest from from genuinely good developers coming in. And once we start getting games that are competitive with conventional Web two games that Web2 players can truly find fun and see on a level with the games that they're used to playing in, you know, on the world stage, then you'll get natural adoption from that. Because I think at the moment, a lot of blockchain games that have come before haven't been fun. They've not, they've not stood up against any of the sort of um, conventional Web2 games. So people aren't actually going to play them. They're not going to find them fun. They're not going to choose those over a Web 2 game that they can pick up um, outside of the Web 3 space. But then there's also this, this idea that there is a technological barrier um, that blockchain can present sometimes. Um, and I think that's, that's in a large part to how blockchain has been used in gaming so far. And that, that's one of the that sort of feeds into one of the problems that we see as 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 kind of trying to fix really is this idea that there's a very very it's not a it's not been a seamless integration of of blockchain into games so it's been quite clunky and there's there's been like ux issues that we all know about but until that's solved as well and there isn't that kind of techno technological barrier to to web two players entry uh, into web three games where they don't need to think about the blockchain it's not it's not um difficult for them there, there's no real learning curve um or some players might enjoy that fair enough which is why we've got web three gamers in the first place but for the majority of people they just want to go in they want to play a game maybe use their credit card or the the their debit card to to buy a couple of assets and and what have you and then they leave and that's it they've had their fun they can enjoy the game and there's no barriers to to payment or to playing and i think those two things are going to be um two of the major major hurdles that this this industry needs to get over 
um, to truly see Web2 adoption. That's, yeah. Thank you, Ben. No, I appreciate that. Peter, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, really, really good salient points there. Um, <clears throat> there's there's one other thing, though, that I think the uh, I'm watching over the next five years, I think that we should all kind of keep an eye on. Um, right now, tokenomic models are tied to game assets just enough that the SEC and the recent U.S. crackdowns on NFTs is going to have an eye turned on gaming. So interoperability in between games themselves and the ability to start moving NFT as an asset between uh, different games, techniques like that, where you get multi-use and utility out of assets instead of just a single asset that's pegged on a speculative market or on a mining operation or on whatever various technique you use is going to be how GameFi needs to kind of shift to get the giants to get the bigger siblings to get the sec off of crypto's back and i think that's worth noting <laughs> that is that's that's a, actually an ex- extremely good point i've actually never considered that point until now you you raising that because and what 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 for everyone listening what peter's getting at here is that to be able to classify an asset a, a, a utility um, it must have proven utility. And so with interoperability, giving has the opportunity to give the asset utility or more utility because of the interoperability and its usability across multiple different um, chains, different applications. That That's pretty much what, what you're saying there, Peter. Is that, is that the point that yep. you're making? Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's... <clears throat> That's a really good point, and and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I think you know, extremely good points from yourself, from Ben, and from you as well, John. Um, thank you. And so, in terms of um, so, look, and that probably feeds into my next question here is then obviously, how do you think interoperability will impact the future of game Web three gaming? I think Peter, you just raised a really good point in terms of okay, well, it could actually help in terms of classifying the NFTs within games or the assets within games as utilities. Ben, I think you talked about. Um, an interesting one in terms of the kind of seamlessness um, between you know between Web two and Web three, and I think interoperability extends beyond Web three. I think what you're mentioning there is the interoperability between Web two and Web three, and have that be a seamless experience where and and just so you know and everyone else knows, we are actually working on extending our interoperability beyond Web three into Web two, so information can be converted to Web three from web two and and vice versa web three back to web two so that can the experience can be seamless and with the introduction of the digital identity that we're building out where you can b- bring in these personal um you know these this personal data from your socials from 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 all these various platforms it allows you then to kind of almost build like a, you know, take away these 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 the need for seed phrases, take away the need for these private keys and make it a much more simple, much more familiar experience for the web web two gamer as well, which I think is um really quite interesting. Any any points that we if that we haven't covered so far that you think uh where interoperability may play a role in the future of web three? I actually just want to really quickly jump in and say what you're talking about doesn't just cover games. I mean, this mm. is this is the 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 beauty of of Web three and of 
meta, not scrubbing your advertising data, of you controlling your data, of you controlling yourself and not being just part of the aggregate and meme of big data of, of the world. You, you taking control, it, it's the, the getting to the web too, getting to the physical world is it's helpful for everybody. It's not just gamers. Really good point. And, and it's interesting, like you say, it's one of the visions of Lionx as well to give that, that data ownership back to the individual. Because when you look at these, these big companies, I mean, I think when we did our research, the top five companies that make money out of your data are making $750 billion a year. So, the, you know, when you look across the whole industry, there's trillions of dollars being made out of other companies owning your data and monetizing from their data. And it's not just the monetization. I think, you know, it's security as well, which has been brought up multiple times on this space is, is with, you know, I think everyone, um, no country is immune from hacks. No, 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 you know, no, no enterprise, no, 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 no corporate, no, no, no business is, um, can feel safe from that. So, you know, these, there's all these things that we can, we can develop um, in terms of, uh, having it when you combine data and interoperability together, it, it provides a really powerful, uh, um, I suppose, system and opportunity, not just for gaming, but as you say, Peter, for so many more, so many, uh, many different things. So, guys, listen, um, how is there anything? Two questions in one. And if you all, all please, both, if everyone can have a chance at answering, answering this question, are there any upcoming events or milestones you'd like to share with the audience? And also, how can listeners? learn more about your project get a little get a little bit more um, um, information on what you guys are doing how can they kind of be a little bit more connected to what you're doing so two-part question any events or milestones coming up and then for the listeners there how can people get more involved with with your project sure i'll, I'll jump in um so the the milestone for us, our biggest milestone, which I think Mustafa mentioned before, is our playable demo. That's that's the one thing that we're most excited about producing right now, and we're we're in you know in the middle of developing that. So please watch out for that because it will be, as Mustafa said, a true representation of the quality of the game that we're going to be uh, going to be putting out. Um, the our socials and how to be connected with us. Easiest thing to do is follow our Twitter, um, and I, I encourage folks to do that. Um, and on there is our, our website. Now, on our website holds all of our social connections, um, our social links, so to our Discord server and um, our Telegram server, YouTube, and everything else on there. So, yeah, please follow us on here and then uh, get to our socials through through our website. Excellent. Thank you, Ben. Peter or John, um, two-part question. Um, any upcoming events or milestones? And then how can listeners learn more about and get more involved in what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we actually just hit a bunch of our milestones. Uh, we had a whole narrative structure for our Discord, so we're really excited that that's actually going live this week. Uh, the tabletop playable demo, we have 300 and 20, 340 cards. Uh, they connect to the digital space. Our tutorial digital game uh, is now demoable. Our reader tech that connects the two, the digital to the the physical, is uh, demoable. We're we're 
we're kind of landing square on our milestones. Um, uh, but the big one for me is that we are just launching our first uh, real crypto foray into our economy. And it's a very, very different thing. It's kind of a game node, but it's not a computer. Um, and I would love it if people would hop on our website, grab me on Twitter. I can send out white papers, uh, follow us on LinkedIn. All of our socials are there. Come join our, our Discord, see what, our, see what we're all about. Uh, so yeah, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Here, obviously, I'm on as me instead of as the company, but uh, I can direct you over if you tag me on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you, Peter. Pretty exciting um, with all these milestones. That's great. And then, John, from yourself, upcoming events, milestones, and how can people, uh, listeners, learn more about what you're doing? Uh, yeah, we will start a new tournament uh, on Eldorun site, World of Elimnia site, uh, next week. And uh, in the mid of January, we will release uh, our uh, trading card game. And it's a thing. And uh, also, we will release uh, Eldorun Journey, our staking game. And uh, in also January, uh, and at the end of the January, we are planning to launch our MOBA. And uh, so with every game, we have different tournaments and uh, we will make different tournaments. I can say that. And also, uh, as a Digard team, we would like to try uh, your games, guys, and we would like to create content and Peter Hotknife. And if you guys... Uh, uh, I followed both of you, and uh, okay. if you guys uh, send us some guidelines and how to join, how to participate, how to play, uh, it's, uh, and uh, create create a content uh, about about uh, your project, guys. That's great. That's what I love about this space. So many, so so much willingness to work together and, and help each other succeed. Um, so look, lastly, this last words from, from, from everybody, um, and may, let's direct this to maybe the, the budding web three developers or, or, or gaming developers out there. What advice, uh, what key piece of advice would you give to, um, people that are looking to, you know, to build in the web three gaming space or, you know, um, develop in the web three gaming space? What, what, what advice would you give to them? Other than, of course, build on layer one X, but you know, what's the second bit of advice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can jump it. Uh, I can say never stop. You know, uh, the the beer run is really hard for us. And uh, for example, uh, uh, like uh, fourteen months uh, earlier, uh, we sold our cars and we, uh, we realized our investment and invest all of our assets into, uh, our projects. And, uh, currently, uh, yesterday we met like Forex and, you know, <laughs> don't stop and keep building, keep grinding. Uh, this, this, this market is really surpriseful, you know? Thank you, John. Uh, ben, Peter, what, what advice would you like to share with as budding developers and Web3 three, three builders? 
Okay, I mean, ben, do you want to go? I've got a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just be quick and succinct. Um, I, I think it kind of echoes what John was just saying. Don't be put off by a bear market. If the market isn't singing, just keep on building. I mean, that sounds quite kitsch, but genuinely, like we've we've struggled um, with with kind of development and funding, but it hasn't stopped us. And building in a bear market, it, you have to see that as a plus point because you don't want to be building when the bull market's in full force because then you'll be watching everybody else making tons of gains um, and you'll still be building whatever you're building. So don't be frightened of a bear market because it's actually a gift in one way. Um, yeah, so I, th I think that's my, my biggest piece of advice. No, that's great perspective. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Peter? Yeah, that is really good advice. <laughs> um, so as, as my friend Paul uh, over at Dandelion likes to say, Friends don't let friends start startups, but they're going to anyway. So <laughs> remember who your friends are. Remember that they shouldn't have let you start a startup, but they're there by your side anyway, because it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard and it's going to kick your ass. But the other thing is that I, I also write novels and I've done a whole lot of comic cons. I've done a whole lot of writing seminars. I've heard a thousand success stories and everyone is unique and amazing and beautiful for how somebody succeeded getting their first book out there, getting their first comic out there, getting their IP out there, getting their passion out there. I've actually only ever heard one success story. I gave up and stopped trying. So don't stop trying, embrace your passion and you have to make that choice every day. Excellent. Thank you so much. Words of wisdom from, from all three of you guys. Um, look, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, for myself, and I'm sure it has been for everyone listening um, and everyone that will listen to the spaces. Um, from, you know, I'd just like to a massive thank you to um, Ben from Hot Knife Studios. You guys are building something pretty extraordinary there with your AAA gaming history, the focus on uh, from Mustafa, on his abilities first in terms of environment and story. Um, we really uh, look forward to what Hot Knife uh, Studios produces and we're backing you guys all the way. Fantastic. Um, Peter, uh, once again, it's been a pleasure to hear your passion come across about your project. All the, the goals that you guys are really kicking, um, it makes sense because, I mean, there's so much thought, so much passion that's gone into this project, so many different aspects that are really quite extraordinary. Um, you know, you, you guys deserve the, the, uh, the best of success. Um, and we're backing you all the way as well. And, and John, finally from Digger Labs, uh, you know, a, a, a big supporter of ours and, and, and us of you, uh, you guys have got so many things that you're doing within the space. Um, and it's been a pleasure working with you um, so far and also into the future. So huge thank you to, to all of our guests today. Thank you for everyone listening. Stay tuned to our next X talks, but um, as we mentioned before, if you want to catch up with whether it's Peter or Hot Knife or, or, or John from Diga Labs, please follow them on their Twitter, um, you know, um, or LinkedIn. Reach out to them. Make sure you uh, you notice their handles here, so you can follow through to through to those those handles. But once again, thank you so much to my guest today. Appreciate everybody, and here's to a, a fantastic new year. Here's to a massive 2024, and uh, everyone winning. Thank you.
Thanks ever so much, Matthew, and uh, really appreciate the chance to be talking on here. It's been fantastic. Yeah, Thank you, the same. And uh, uh, Ben, I, I hope your your stomach settles from all that food. <laughs> thank you, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'll give it some time. <laughs> yeah. and, and thank you for Peter for staying awake through the whole lot. And unless it was AI, Peter, but I'm pretty sure we had the authentic thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody.